All right, it's another Sunday here in the Mission District. And we're doing a mic check. Why? Because... Because technical quality is neat. I'm telling you, it sounds okay. I love it. There you go. I love being on the radio with you. I can't wait to talk about all the juicy sexual explorations, the healing, the sacredness. We're going to make sex sacred again! Oh my goodness. Yes! <laughs> Whoa, right here. I'm, yeah, right here. As I right grab the now. mic. There you go. That's right, baby. <laughs> juicy, the first adjective to use to the sexy content. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, juicy well, and delicious. There we go. Well, we'll just keep the music kind of going on in the background. This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is Sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. Please introduce our first guest this afternoon. This is Kathy of the Intimacy Dojo. I'm so excited. We're going to talk about sacred sexuality. And you had a really interesting definition. This is so important to me because I grew up without this understanding. And I had so much body shame and shame Well, you and were from a Christian background, right? It, yeah, or I was more raised religious. Protestant and also yeah. sexual abuse background. So it was just like I had so much shame and we sexual didn't talk shame. about it. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was... And you couldn't report your abuse because of the sexual shame. It's so hard to talk about it if you feel like it's your fault or there's something about you that and caused it. And the victim it. blaming in the rape culture. Yeah. When I started realizing that how much of myself I'd cut off, just Cutting blocking... Cutting off from just, sex. Cutting how can off you be from really your sensations. Mm-hmm. How can you be really spiritual if you're not connected to yourself? If you yeah. feel like there's something awful inside you and whatever your spiritual beliefs are, I think that we're given all of this as a gift, mm-hmm. but we're taught in our society that it's bad and it's so sad for me because there's so much energy and power and pleasure and connection all wrapped up in that i know there is energy and power and healing in being awoken to your sexual potential and i think even though you're like i'm pretty sexually awake you can always get more awake (laughs) There's always more learning and exploring and being like, do I like this? Do I not like that? What about this sexual meditation? What about this interesting tantric practice? I mean, that's why uh, one reason I really love our collaborative efforts that we do with Sexploration with Monica and at the Edge of Insanity. Um, we're because, like this. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> we le- I learn so much every time I hang out with this girl right here. So she's amazing. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that she's brought another friend along with her to teach us more we're about what's going on out there today yes. in a sacred and holy way. <laughs> it's going to be terrific. I feel like we are explorers. I feel like we're out like uh, charting new land we are because this is so taboo so we are sacred spelunkers in the deep darkness of humanity because you know we have a rapist in chief right now and we're not going to talk too much about politics because it's a big huge downer but i don't even know why he wasn't impeached for doing the crotch grabbing thing to why he even got? Why whatever? he even got hired? Hired How for he the got job in the, in the first place? You yes, fired. Did not get elected. <laughs> he was not getting the popular vote. It's just anyway the insanity of him being our president. But it's helping us wake up. 
We're always waking up. We're always becoming more conscious. We're always having these sexual awakenings. We're being spiritually awoken. Sometimes we can have sacred sexual experiences that not only wake us up to our body, but then also wake us up to our, our sexual potential. Yeah. And we're not sitting around the water cooler at work talking about, Hey, did you try this new thing? Or Mm -hmm. we're so shut down. And most people are looking at porn or the internet to get any ideas. Right. And as my friend, Reen Mahako talks about learning to have sex from porn is like (laughs) learning to drive from watching the fast and the furious. Right. Not a good idea. It's not the only way to do it. And also kind of dangerous because they don't use condoms and they don't talk about what they're doing in front of you. And I think that's really, for me the most important part what has been most liberating for my sexual practice has been I am able to talk about sex in a way that is light years ahead of when I was just a radio announcer Mm -hmm. you know when I like became a sexual health educator and I know about female ejaculation and all these interesting sex practices I know about Tantra and BDSM now I can really be like hey I like this you know I really don't like that it's okay Hey, I'm not saying that whatever I don't like is bad and that you shouldn't do it. But for my body, that's just not what I like. Like I can do the read me how goes safer sex elevator speech and just bam, bam, bam. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your tantric journey in healing from your past experiences and also finding pathways toward sexual healing and sexual awakening. It was challenging because when I was working on a lot of this, I lived in Dallas, Texas, which was not the capital of sexual healing and sexual freedom. Yes. So I was really struggling and I started working with different people and getting little glimpses here and there. I didn't even know what I didn't know. I would say down there instead of like vagina or vulva. Like I didn't even, I was so shut down Yeah. and it was really, I did a lot of emotional freedom techniques, EFT to help release the shame, but I still had all the somatic feelings in my body. And I had so much shame around just the idea of sexuality because I felt like there was something bad and wrong. I'd been taught that sexual sexuality was a time when, because it was abuse, it was a, 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 just bad feelings in my body. I right. didn't want to go there. It was scary. It was scary. And to reclaim that... And it felt bad. It felt awful. Yeah. And to reclaim that took so much courage. And I'm also... I do pragmatic tantra is what I call it. Ooh, I love um, that combination. Yeah. Pragmatic so tantra. Tell us about that. I don't do all the um, om shanti shanti. Sure. Some people do. That's great I, for them. The kriyas and you're like moving your chakras. Yeah. You can get totally high from tantra. Mm-hmm, you totally... Yeah. <laughs> leave your clothes on and still have yeah. a really... Yeah. Good time. And really connect with whomever you're in the space with. You yeah. Know? So a lot of that is being present with your body and the person mm-hmm. you're with. And when you're full of shame, you can't do that. Right. You're trying to run away in your thoughts. You can't be present with your body. Well, and you feel like there's something wrong with you. All the time. And there's wrong something wrong with sexuality. It's not safe. It's dangerous. It hurts you. Yes. Yeah. So it, it really was a part of it was taking baby steps forward. So I tell people all the time, this may feel impossible to you. Mm-hmm. Just take one small step forward do that little thing for five minutes. I have events in in San Jose and I invite people come and stay as long as you need to. And then just leave and take care of yourself. Right. Because being around other people that are feeling safe about it or willing to talk about it, it teaches our survival brain that this isn't so scary that we're not going to fall apart or people aren't going to attack each other. If we talk about sex. Right. Yeah. And I think that's so important to talk. What I really think would be a neat 
upgrade to the way we deal with sex is I want to be able to talk freely about sex and not have it ever mean that I have any intention of sleeping with you. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with you. I just don't necessarily want to have sex with every single human being that I talk to about sex because I want to talk about sex very publicly. Well, you know, even like we were just talking at the top of the hour, we were talking about politics just because I want to talk about politics and what's going on doesn't mean I want to vote for you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And so we can have the discussion and it doesn't have to be wrapped up in all this weird... It's a lot of different mixed... It's a lot of different stuff, right? It's it's either, oh yeah, are we are we talking about this because because for one, we we always have to worry about, yeah, am I giving you a green light? No, I'm not giving you a green light. Are we having this discussion to debate it? I think it's it's enlightening for all parties because everybody has something to add to it, right? Yeah, totally. Opening that or starting that discussion is the main thing now. Like you said, you have different events that you go out and you start these discussions. How does that work? I mean, how how, how do you you make a safe space for people to enjoy their sexuality? Exactly. Well, we start with cuddle parties, which are non-sexual events, but they teach people about boundaries, saying yes, saying no, asking for what they want. And it's a chance. We have a workshop where we teach people. They actually practice. They say no to each other. They say yes to each other. They try to figure out what they want to ask for. And people doing that and then having time to experiment with that, whether they're just watching or they're cuddling or giving massages, it gives them a chance to exercise those muscles. I've had people in tears because I've never actually said the word no to someone else as a complete sentence. So we start there and we encourage everybody to go to that kind of an event before they do anything else. But then we're talking, we have classes on sexual self-esteem and we're talking about how people are held back because so many people are shy and awkward around sexuality. We feel like we're not good at it because we never talk about it. And there's this kind of culture where we're supposed to be, if we're a good man or woman and very binary heteronormative culturation going on, we would be good at it. We would know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we don't expect knowledge our is power. Hello. Yes. That's why I'm doing this. I'm yeah. not just ruining my life because I'm a slut. Seriously. (laughs) But we don't expect our teenagers to go out and know how to drive a car. We give them classes and we make them take tests. I'm not saying we should necessarily have competency tests for sexuality, but like we should give them information. I do believe that there's nothing wrong with a positive test result if you get your safer sex, if you're getting a sexually transmitted infection, just treat it. And there's no shame. It's just a germ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an opportunistic (laughs) germ. It didn't mean you're a slut, you know, and they're sluts. Not a, it's not a bad, I love the way Reed says, Oh, I'm not a slut. I'm generous with my genitals. Yes. (laughs) Although he also really just reclaims that word. Yeah. He really just wears it and is very powerful about it. And I think that's really, yeah, I don't think champion. Why can't we enjoy our sexuality? If we're being consenting adults with integrity, Amen. why not? And you know, and you know, this is not being taught in schools. It's not. Yeah. You know, because and even when we had sex ed in the schools, it was so outdated. It was literally they had didn't even bring up you know the the invention of the wheel at that point <laughs> in some of the stuff we were taught. <laughs> So we are going to also call Dossie Easton, the original ethical slut. She she is amazing. And we're also going to talk about her book, Radical Ecstasy. Okay, so Radical Ecstasy is about how you access sacred, even transcendent mind states through 
not just meditation, but BDSM practices. So top space, the space of being a dominant or subspace, the space of being a submissive, how you focus and clear your mind. Have you read this book? I haven't read this book. I've read mm-hmm. other Dossie Easton books, which are amazing. I yeah. love how accessible they are. They're yeah. just down to earth. The Ethical Slut is one of my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and she really has very clear practices mm-hmm. of like, how this is how I achieve these really transcendent mind states through BDSM and a safe partnership and a safe container, because that's what is compatible compelling about BDSM to me. To be honest, I am a slightly kinky person, but only slightly, especially when you really explore sexuality. You're like, Monica hosts the bondage dinner. She must be a total kink star. And I'm not really, but I love You're only like bondage. a one or two on the kink scale. I really scale. am. Like, okay. you know, I love threesomes. I love talking about sex. I don't like, like, I don't like being tied up that much. Like I'm willing not to do it for much, desperation, <laughs> you know, like wearing a beautiful harness is like, okay. But like, I don't want to be like not able to move around. It also takes forever. Oh, honestly, it takes like 45 minutes to do a good bondage suspension. And then you have 45 minutes of untying them as well. So <laughs> and I'm really of... bad at taking out knots. Oh no! Right. So I would have to be one of those guys that goes, I got to go get someone to help us with this. I'll be right oh, back. No. <laughs> I can't untie my shoelaces sometimes and I got to hand you them to her. You can't just leave your submissive tied up and be like, I'll be right back. Bye. Yeah. Um, I'm taking away your bondage card, Paul. <laughs> you don't get to do any bondage. I sometimes can't untie my knots in my shoelaces yeah, that I've done. It's not so, a good yeah, idea to tie people up no. if you can't untie knots. Mm-hmm. That's really important. But you can use safety scissors. There's safety scissors. You can just have them cut the rope if you ever Break need a quick in case release. of emergency. Exactly. It's like a quick release. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do bondage that's safe and fun, like saran wrap. You can unsaran wrap someone with scissors and safety scissors. You know, use those little kid scissors that are like no sharp, pointy parts. You can just snip, 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 and then they're free. You don't want someone who is under your physical control, like your submissive, to feel unsafe at any yeah. time or be left alone in a way that you are not totally actually clearly monitoring them. I mean, you can, that does remind me of something that happened to me when I was young, that actually someone left their submissive tied up. I think they literally forgot them. Oh no. (laughs) That's the, because, because the submissive fell fell asleep and the other one went downstairs to microwave a burrito (gasps) and then started watching TV and then realized, Oh wait, I hear someone calling from upstairs. I forgot. <laughs> and it was like your roommate or something. It, it was it was a friend of mine. Wow! And we could hear her, her calling. Be like, hello! And we're like, it dude! And he's hello. like, hold on! I'm microwaving a burrito. Give me a minute. And from downstairs, you can hear him, but from upstairs, you can hear hello. No. <laughs> that's not cool. That is not cool. Yeah. No. I mean, okay. So that's the thing. BDSM because it's a higher level of danger. 
because it's a higher level of sensation, because it's a higher level of trust needed. It requires a higher level of awareness and communication and integrity and authenticity and knowing yourself. I mean, that's what it's so compelling to me because, and so exciting because it really requires people are like, Oh, you know, those kinky people are just freaks. But what's really beautiful to me is that they have their interestedness. They're, they're having been drawn to this very intense way of expressing their sexual energy. It makes them so much more conscious and able to communicate about sexuality. Consent is a huge thing in the BDSM community. Mm -hmm. And they also have ways of making it safe by talking about safe words. And it's very clear in the BDSM community that if anyone in the room says red, that is the lights go up Stop and everything. we talk about our feelings and we're like, oh my God, put your clothes back on. How's it? Here's a cup of tea. How's it going? <laughs> what what are you feeling? <laughs> Let's process. And yellow is, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's like, it's a, there's subtlety in there. And green means... I'm a yes, let's go, <laughs> you know, and yellow is just a nice way to be able to say, you know, Hey, actually this isn't really my thing. And really we're doing it for the submissive pleasure. Hello. We're not doing so this. Wait, for the so, so let me get this right. So green go yeah. yellow. I don't like this. I don't like this. Red stop. Turn on, turn off the music, turn Play on the lights, get you a cup talk. of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I all sit in our little chairs, like and a hard go no. to neutral corners kind Please. of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, like stop playing, stop touching me. You know, the play, this scene is over. So no, this is the also, end scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And gotcha. so that's the thing, you know, BDSM play is called a scene, a play scene. Oh, okay. And so you can talk normally when you're not in a scene, mm -hmm. but then when you're actually engaged in a scene you're like you know i am your master <laughs> i'm a pirate and you have you have a part you have a part to a, a, a role right like role oh, play, yeah. i'm a, a maiden i'm a mermaid or <laughs> i'm a pirate right so that's a good one and then we can like yeah. and then we're like and and mermaid's like oh no 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 but she really means oh yes 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 right and so everyone's cool until she's like um i just saw I, I got a yellow barnacle stuck on my foot and I don't like it and then you'd be like oh arg we're gonna have to go to another shore mateys <laughs> and you can still continue with the pirate scene but then if she's like ah red 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 or even if she's like I just saw a red bird then you can be like okay what's wrong baby yeah take off the, the yeah take off the pirate <laughs> yes be like, wah, wah. okay ordinarily you know people who've been in relationships for a long time or new partners they actually have an extensive list you'll see this in 50 shades of gray right like they've got a huge contract where like he's like what about this what about that and she's like yes to this yes to that no to that and I don't know, maybe about this other thing. And that's really helpful to like, make sure that both people are on page. Cause it's not, I mean, you're just pretending that one person has another. Yeah, but you're not, a, so you're not going to go out at, at, on a night, at night, uh, night on the town and have your, your list. Are you? You can. Here, Some can I, can I forward totally you can. this list? If you're an yeah, immediate. You can. Can you, I'll be back in about 10, 15 minutes once Absolutely. you've completed your paperwork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I no, seriously. Yeah. People do it was that. just Fifty Shades of Grey, but it was, I mean, it. I don't it, think we should take 
good advice from BDSM for from 50, Fifty Shades of Grey. It was very abusive. Okay, so you were, so let's it was, let's it was go back to this. a terrible movie with terrible boundaries and terrible modeling of BDSM because it was written by a, I don't know a Mormon or something. I, yeah, but it was something very like manipulative. Okay, but so let's yeah, let's let's have this disclaimer because you were mentioning it before. Don't ever try to learn sex by watching porn right or what do you say fast and the furious should learn to drive learn to drive the, yeah. through the fast and the furious watch the rock spinning around corners. folks this is our disclaimer movies are f***ing movies <laughs> i just want to let you know they're all bullshit right? right for the most part they're there to entertain okay well that's the thing that's why we need more a disclaimer at the beginning of we 50 shades of gray this is a sexual movie not really about sex but kind of about sex not porn but like training videos for sexuality that are safe and by thoughtful people i'm not gonna say that all porn is bad because it does there's some great porn out there educate you and it depends on whether or not it's a thoughtful company and mm-hmm. hopefully they're not misogynistic which would well, there's a lot of there's a lot of female porn owned companies totally. now. Yeah, queer and, and female owned, right? Yeah, and so transgender. Mm-hmm. Definitely check the ingredients on every label that you buy. Indeed. And so make sure you know what you're getting into, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Hey, Paul, when do we think we're going to call Dossie? I just I think we can her. call Dossie. Let's take a break. We're going to roll into a phone call, so you guys don't have to hear us randomly dial. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a two minute comedy break. We'll be back after this. You guys can get us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, organically at Anywhere Mutiny Radio. You get your podcast. That's right. We're organically at paulbrumbaugh.com or sexplorationwithmonica.com. There you go. I didn't mean to step on you, my dear. <laughs> oh, it's cool. I stepped on your I'm, dot com. I'm, I'm unstepponable. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. We're going to do a, uh, a little bit of comedy and then we're going to come back and speak with Dossie Easton. All right, guys. We'll be back the after ethical this. slut. Sir, I'm going to ask you a question, sir. It's a personal question. Have you ever had sexual harassment at work? Absolutely. Yes? No, no, that's good. No, that's good. He admits it. I think a lot of guys get sexual harassment at work, but they just don't mind it. And so they just kind of let it go. But don't let it go. Next time some lady asks you to move a file cabinet, just file a claim, my brother, because she's watching it. She's Fight, fight back. I uh, I used to have this really creepy, creepy boss who'd always come up to me and say stuff like, oh. I really like it when you wear your hair like that. <laughs> uh, why don't you come in the meeting, take shorthand, cheer up the guys with your pretty face. <laughs> come on, smile for me. You look you look so much more uh, more beautiful when you when you smile. <laughs> You know, like I go in his office, say stuff like, Hi, I really love the way your gray, curly neck hair comes up of the edge of your peach, poly weave, sweat stained sports shirt. you come in my cubicle and tell me more about my partial dental benefits after 90 days Mm. come on smile for me 
The fact that I net $6.49 an hour to provide you with the sexual stimulation you're not man enough to get in your personal life is so much more apparent when you smile. <laughs> I went to a sex club for straight people. <laughs> la, 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 It was an S&M themed sex club. I don't know if I'm a bottom because it turns me on, or if I'm a bottom, because I'm lazy. <laughs> I fucking found a top, though. Boy, did I ever. I found this hot, straight, leather daddy top. He was awesome. He was huge. His dick had a dick. He said, I want you to come over here and worship my cock. going to church. Amen, sisters. I love going to church, too. <laughs> Sexy church when we're just worshiping each other. I think that's the way BDSM really, we should think about it. We should really think about, we're just worshiping each other. I'm worshiping your genitals. You're worshiping my genitals. Hooray. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen, amen sister. <laughs> amen, woman. Hey, hallelujah. Else. That's right. That's what the sisters of perpetual indulgence say. They say amen, a woman, and everybody else. Yeah, Just to go. make it fully inclusive. And I'd like to introduce our special guest. Keeping it fully inclusive. Absolutely. Dossie Easton, author of The Ethical Slut, The Topping Book, The Bottoming Book, Radical Ecstasy. There are so many books that she has written that are sacred and awesome and sexy. Dossie, thanks so much for coming on Sexploration with Monica and The Edge of Insanity. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So did I miss any of the books that you've written that you want to mention? The fifth one is When Someone You Love is Kinky. Oh. And we're going to talk about the book that I think really resonates with our conversation today is Radical Ecstasy. It's mm -hmm. about the mind states that are possible in BDSM play. That's right. The subtitle is SM Journeys to Transcendence. Yeah. So I really like that idea of transcendence because it's a way of talking about it, it's more like transcending maybe you are worried about something transcending your we were talking about sexual healing earlier transcending your maybe negative impression or bad conditioning about sexuality transcending well, I don't see it necessarily is as a cure for those things although it can be but as a larger meaning to say that there is a 
I just call it the divine because I don't believe in anthropomorphizing. But anyway, that there is a, if you will, spiritual energy that flows through everything all the time. Yes, the we were talking a little bit cosmos, like a, if you will. right, like, and, a, like um, a little bit of a pantheistic. So, yeah, right. And so it, it all depends. There's a lot of different ways to pay attention to that, to kind of open yourself up. If that experience were going full tilt boogie, everybody who's ever done psychedelic traveling will know that you can't maintain your life and keep a roof over your head and food on the table if you're always flowing in the full divine flow of the universe. Because um, so, <laughs> it's um, so big. It, and it's yeah, hard yeah, to process. It's, it's, way big, it's way bigger than we are. Right. And and we have to do things like get food on the table. So, uh, right. And have jobs. There's a lot of ways of connecting or paying attention or basically being in that flow for a period of time. And to my mind, sex is one of them. And so is and BDSM can be a very highly, highly energized form of that traveling. We were talking about Kathy's story where she had to really transcend a lot to be open to sexuality because, you know, sexuality in her childhood was a very unsafe space as a survivor mm -hmm. of abuse. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of the ways that she was starting to be able to open up to even a little bit of sexual energy was like cuddle party. But I'm sure that everyone has their own journey and especially working in the BDSM realm, you have to, it, because it's a more potentially dangerous space because you're dealing with pain sensation and power dynamics, you have to have more trust and work well, harder I, to heal, I think. Yeah. Maybe. And I, I also think that you need to be sure that you're doing this with somebody you trust, you know? Yeah. If your fantasy is to be swept off your feet by some enchanting stranger, I really suggest that you only do that with somebody you know really well. <laughs> that is so sensible. This is how experts do it, everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's so important. I'd like to invite you to join the conversation, Kathy, and let's talk about the ways that Tantra and BDSM intersect. Do you want to start, Dossie? Yeah. When I first joined the Tantra Circle I was a member of for some years, I went with another friend of mine, a BDSM player, another BDSM player, and we were wondering if we could fit in there. We both are um, spiritual seekers, but this was, you know, we were wondering if other people would accept us, basically since we were these leather pervs. We looked and all, all, so many of the exercises were about receiving energy, giving energy, passing it back and forth, one person guiding another person or supporting another person in having an experience. There was that same kind of sense that there's a person who takes a certain amount of responsibility and a person who can let go of it and just relax and experience. And I think you can go a lot deeper that way. Yeah. With surrender and consciousness, of course you can go. Then that's the, the safe container. Then you can go a lot more deeply into the experience. Kathy? I love what Dossie said. Hi, Dossie. Hi, Kathy. I think there's a lot of roads to Rome. And what I've found at the fundamentals... <laughs> so many pathways to pleasure yes. and liberation. And I'm not really into BDSM. I consider myself vanilla with a little bit of rainbow or chocolate sprinkles, depending on which is funnier at the <laughs> right, moment. Right, right, yeah. But I've, I've played around with it. And I think what I've seen is a commonality of consciousness and choice and real deep presence 
that is is beautiful and i don't know how we have great sex whether it's bdsm tantra vanilla whatever you want to call it without really being present with our bodies and each other and being willing to talk about like this is what i'd like to experience or i've never tried this before i'd like to explore it but i want to back out if i don't like it or like how do we know our edges Mm -hmm. or what we how do we know what we don't know how do we know what we our bodies like unless we're actually with them and I remember my early experience with, with sex, when it was you know, consensual sex, was using the analogy of when I played flute in the chorus. So they asked me to play flute, my flute for the chorus when I was in seventh grade. I was not ready for that song. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was playing really fast and quiet and hoping I made it through without anyone noticing I wasn't really doing a good job. Oh, no. You were faking it? I faked it. And I see no so way. many people do that with sex. They're like, oh, you don't want to fake I mean, you're not going to have a good time if you're faking sex. But I talked to, I have clients that talk to me and they're like, I'm, they're basically in primitive brain and frozen the entire time. And they're just kind of going through actions or responding to what their partner suggests rather than like, do I really like this? And they're not really present. They're just kind of, oh, I made it through. I feel a little bit of connection. I feel okay. Versus, wow, I need to slow down. I need to stop. Oh, could you do more of that? What if I connect with my partner? Hey. This is what I'm feeling. (laughs) And I think what you say is terrifically important, Kathy. So many of us, I think men as well as women, but women in particular, are trained that we don't ask for what we want. Mm -hmm. That somehow it's not okay. A lot of the heterosexual models are that the man is supposed to do something magical and the woman, you know. We call that someday my prince will come and so will I. (laughs) Aww. Um, Because you're not playing with your own clitoris. Right, exactly. You have to be the change you want to see in your sex life. If yeah. you want to have an orgasm, you got to play with your clitoris, girl. Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody, almost all of the sex therapy techniques involve people, first of all, trying something in their sexuality with themselves, in their masturbation, trying something different, seeing if they can last a little longer, seeing if they can tease themselves, seeing if they can try a new stimulation. See if they can make penetration feel safe after some perhaps non-consensual activity has happened. And so the, all sex starts, I guess, the truism is with, with your relationship with yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what you have to share with somebody else. Yeah. Well, and there's also health benefits, as we found out in our last show together, that having masturbation when you're doing is it tantric Mm -hmm. when you're building up so much and then you're bringing it back down then building it back up that's actually good for the the male prostate exactly well and it's also good for female masturbation techniques like to bring yourself up to the edge of orgasm and then go back and i mean that just builds your arousal capacity and you can have a stronger, harder orgasm, not just that one next orgasm, but you're teaching your body how much pleasure you can have. And there's more than you are having right now, you're which very, is why we're talking about sex so, on the radio. She's so musical today. She's singing. So it's, it's because we're at church and uh, I'm yeah. singing the, the praises of a sexual liberation. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much more to learn. I think that there is something about, okay, of course, sex is sacred. And the more we see it as sacred, the more sacred it will be. 
and also like there's a way that we can be our best selves, even in like a super non-kinky, heteronormative relationship, whatever, pair-bonded, however you want to look at it. The vanilla is vanilla in the history of vanilla. Like if you really like have consciousness and awareness and commitment to each other, like you're totally going to have a better, more fun and sexy relationship just because you're communicating, right? Yeah. Can I make a point here? Please. I don't know how the word vanilla became an insult. When I first heard it, it's not it was an insult. I like vanilla. It's delicious. Who, who said I like a, a whole lot of flavors of sex, but you know, vanilla is a really good flavor. Yeah, it is. Especially there is like no hierarchy here about how Madagascar, how vanilla? hip you are, how far out you are. None of that matters. Totally it's doing what is good for you. Amen. Greenish. <laughs> yes, Dossie. I'm Thank with you. you. Absolutely. And I, I think, Kathy, you're on the same page because you're not that kinky, right? I'm like you don't kinky. like identify as kinky and, and, and you're a sex educator and there's nothing wrong with it. I think it should, my thing is it should be a conscious choice. If people are choosing monogamy in the mission style because that makes them happy and they are aware other options. orgasm? Yeah, yeah, if you're aware there's other options versus I'm choosing it because totally. my parents will be mad at me if I don't, or God might punish me because mm-hmm. I don't, then I feel like we're just kind of following the ruts that people that wanted to stay safe were carving, and we're not really exploring what we want, what our bodies want. Right. If we're you, not evolving as people. If you want to have sex through the hole in the sheet, as long as you're choosing it and you know that you can have sex not through a hole in the sheet, then yes, go ahead. And variety really is the spice of a good long-term sex life. We're not in the room with a, a long-term pair-bonded relationship expert like Susan Bratton last time we were on the show. There is something about being in a long-term couple where it's so important, either through role play or whatever you have to do to spice up your relationship. You don't have to be completely poly. You don't have to completely open up your relationship to explore and try different things. You could even... You could dress up as a pirate and a mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things in Radical Ecstasy, the scenes, some of the, the practices of mixing this kind of tantric desire for more consciousness and sexuality into kinky play and practices. Well, I've always thought that sexuality and spirituality were the same thing aspects of the same thing. And recently, actually, brain science students proved that. Mm-hmm. The nerve nets that lined up in our brain during meditation and prayer, even, are the same and, and to the point where when people do it long enough to where they achieve opened-up states of consciousness and are exactly the same nerve nets that open up with turn-on and orgasm. Yeah. Yeah, I um, have this idea of fun enlightenment. You can achieve enlightenment through things that are fun and juicy and like good communication and in your integrity, but also fun. I just think that there's a way forward that like sacredness doesn't have to be about suffering. Like I don't think that, you know, self-flagellation, unless you're really into it, is that groovy. Well, it's a huge fallacy and, and Wilhelm Reich thought it was a deliberate Plot, you know, if you will, to to put this thing that says that somehow 
spirituality and sexuality are antagonistic to each other. The more sexual you are, the less spiritual you are. God hates sex. God loves sex. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Yes, I mean, you can't get more people without more sex. Hello? In the words of the immortal Wendy Beckett, Sister Wendy, if you remember Sister Wendy, the art critic, at one point Bill Moyers asked her how she dealt with the sexuality being a nun and all in the modern art she talked about. And uh, she said, oh, I don't think God would have given us such wonderful toys and then told us not to play with them. That's right. (laughs) Isn't that hot? Yes, it's totally. And honestly, Mm -hmm. nuns are totally hot. We Mm -hmm. have some seriously hot nuns in the Sexploration Dinner, sexplorationdinner.com. We have sexy nuns tying each other up consensually, (laughs) consensually, consensually, and it's going to be so delicious. Along with the Mm -hmm. five courses. So anyway, yeah, like nuns are super hot. And then there is a lot of the creative energy that we have in our lives. If we focus that on something, and sometimes it is being closer to God, and sometimes it's being closer to ourselves, our own pleasure and enjoyment of life. That is so sexy. Life energy is prana this energy Mm -hmm. the energy of yoga is the energy of life and it is also the energy of sex i mean of course there's the different pathways that you have with arousal and the autonomic nervous system and everything else but when you're turning on all of your switches and getting your endorphins and the oxytocin and all of those good chemicals you really are starting to wake up all of your mind and then really connect with your with your partner with your divine beloved with your top or your bottom or whatever you Mm -hmm. call that person like how do you start exploring radical ecstasy how do you start exploring the combination of the sacred and the kinky well, for me, it's been an awfully long journey because I was like seven, eighteen when I dropped out of college to go hunt down, be a psychedelic revolutionary, and, and have lots of sex in Greenwich Village when I was Amen. a teenager. <laughs> but the story is to simply be open to the experience. I remember once when I was very clearly when I was tied to a, a table and somebody was flogging me and. All of a sudden, all the chakras opened up, and I turned into a snake, and I was just rising in ecstasy, and like all the energy, the universe felt like it was flowing through me, and I practically levitated off the table, and then I remembered I was tied to the table, so I had to be a lizard, because snakes don't have ankles and wrists. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there's a little reality in there, yeah. uh, but it was like taking flight, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that happens with power exchange, whether it's in a vanilla or a kinky setting, that there is a tremendous possibilities in taking turns at going completely receptive. Being oh, yeah, giving up your power and surrendering. Well, yeah. it's not even just surrendering per se. It's more like saying just focus on the sensation that mm-hmm. somebody somebody else is offering you. Mm-hmm. And when your time comes along, it's a different kind of high and flow when you're the person holding the energy and offering the you mean when you're on the so top? another person can fly. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so you're a switch. Yeah. (laughs) 
for people who don't know the BDSM community, we have like these things like, okay, someone always has to be the dominatrix or someone always has to be the submissive, but that's not true. You can like flow back and forth between who's on top and who's on the bottom. Some people can do it in the scene or some people like say, okay, now for this scene, I'm on top and for this scene the next one I'm on the bottom. And mm -hmm. so say someone's been married for 25 years and they just want to explore it a little bit. What are some of the fun, safe things that people could try? From my book, where people, when I often, when I'm working, I'm a therapist. I don't know if we said that. I write outrageous books and I'm a therapist. And when people are trying to get started and open up any aspect of their sexuality, a good place to start with a partner is actually taking turns doing sharing massages. Mm. And you do a lot of touch and sometimes and, and establish maybe a protocol to say, oh, yeah, that feels good. Yeah, that kind of tickles. That doesn't work. And, uh, you know, whatever it is you need to, it's a good place also to establish that kind of ongoing communication about what's working and what isn't. Amen. Because if you're going to really focus in and do something that, to my mind, you have to invest a fair amount of time in. Mm -hmm. Get into it slowly. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't go for the full enchilada all at one time. Well, it yeah. sounds like it doesn't even have to be sexual. Just at the beginning, it's just the two bodies communicating as one, right? Although, to be honest, the massage that becomes sexual is the best. Well, yeah, and that, yeah, we've fallen into that trap many a times. Either sex it's has. It's not a trap. It is, too. It's mutually... <laughs> Everybody wins. Well, excuse me. You're using a really de limited definition of sex if you think it's only sex if the genitals are involved. This is true. That's right. Amen, sister. So massage is Thank sex. Thank you, you know. Dossie. But it's a way to get connected. It's a way for people to start connected where their consciousness at the beginning is at least easygoing enough and not so fraught as we've often made our sexuality, that people can can look at things and say, this works for me, this doesn't. Oh, yes, do more of that. You, oh, you do that for a long time. Do it real slow. You know, I mean, right. you get there. And then you get there to where you can invest a lot of energy in receiving and giving. And they are different aspects. They're different sides of the same coin. And let's talk about what's actually happening in there, right? Like when you're touching another person's body, even in a non, we're using finger quotes when we say non-sexual manner, when you're just touching their shoulders or whatever, like you're teaching their muscles, you're teaching their body that they're safe and that they can relax into your touch, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you can help them de-stress, that you can help their little muscles uncoil. That's really special and it really does start to move someone up the autonomic nervous system because there is equal parts of stimulation and sensation and relaxation that really gets you in that sacred space of sex or just the sacred space of a really long massage, like a good hour massage. Like that's really a sacred special place. Yeah. And you can study doctors of sex. We could say, oh, well, that's the oxytocin is happening. The vasopressin is happening here. We would be able to say, oh, and this, your autonomic nervous system is being stimulated by this kind of breathing. Ah, <laughs> you're really taking breaths together and really focusing on your connection and the awareness of each other. And I know that in Tantra, 
there is a lot of eye gazing, really mm -hmm. making eye contact with the other person. That sacred sexual practice is a way of integrating both the sacred and the sexual and the spiritual, really, because mm -hmm. you're connecting mm -hmm. with your divine beloved, your partner, your husband, your wife, your or your boyfriend or girlfriend, or the person that you met at the Tantra gathering, you know? <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so cool. I think a lot of people just dial it in, though. They're, whether you're doing Tantra, BDSM, vanilla sex, whatever it is, so many people are laying there, th they're kind of going by, by rote or thinking about the grocery list. I take the trash out. My boss yelled at me versus a meditative thing where you come back. Oh, I was looking, thinking about my be boss. Be in the moment. I'm going to yeah. be in the moment and notice what the fingers touching me feel like. Yeah. And just be present with that. And I think that is really a first step for a lot of this is if we're not being present if we're just trying to get through the motions like one more thing to check off and it's hard if we've been going a million miles uh, you know all day to stop and slow down and sometimes we need some transition time together mm -hmm. absolutely yeah making time like planning your sacred journeys together do you think that that's helpful Dossie? yeah absolutely and especially I think it's important to find some time when you're not immediately going to leap into bed or whatever you're on, that people need to have a time to talk about what they would like to do, what oh, would feel yeah. good today, what fantasy do I have, uh -huh. and get safe with each other around those things. A lot of the best BDSM, we're real schemers, you know. We carry off these crazy things because we work at it and plan. And Yeah, you, know. you make elaborate scenes. Yeah, right. And, With uh, costumes and set locations and... A director? What do you think? Sometimes, sometimes I've been in scenes that were creative and very deep because they've been planning them for a super long time. Mm -hmm. And they're rich and beautiful and awesome and fun. Yeah, fun lightness. To think that planning in advance will somehow spoil some kind of spontaneity. And that's not my experience. My experience is planning in advance. And then in between then and the time that we're actually doing it, I can turn myself on with fantasy. I can get myself, I can really connect with all it. the anticipation. It's, so, I love it's anticipation. the best. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. and you have all this energy in your mind just thinking about, and to be honest, just fantasizing about sex while you're not with your partner will really open up it's crazy oxytocin if you want to make yourself fall in love with someone just fantasize about them when you're masturbating and you will be in love with them i would say six weeks probably <laughs> i'm like serious if you fantasize about someone making love to you and then that's that's what you do every time you're masturbating if you want you can fall in love with anyone you want it doesn't matter what they look like or if they're your type or not you're your heart will open to them. You'll start seeing their best self and you will connect with them and, and literally fall in love with them. And I've used this technique to fall in love with a turnip. I wouldn't recommend, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that, you know, but you can. That was one sexy it, it, fucking turnip though. It, 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 he was a very sexy turnip. <laughs> How did you get that consent from that turnip? <laughs> 
<laughs> she wasn't trying to get blood from it, dear. She wasn't weird trying to get blood turnip. from I didn't, it. I didn't do anything non-consensual to the turnip. Of course, I consent. I respected the con- turnip's consent. I'm a very consent-oriented person. By the time she was done, As it was a know. purple top turnip. All I right. would like to have. I would have liked to call sexploration with Monica consent exploration, but I just didn't think anyone would listen. So I. <laughs> That might be a better name, sex And it is a very important point because we have lived so long in a sex-negative society that we're not really good at consent. And rape culture. Now that the media are opening up more doors and we're, people like me are writing books and things like that, we're we're getting the word out that you can be sexually free. You can claim your sexual freedom. You can grasp your own sexuality. And... There's just a lot of work because we have had a, a society that is so sick that it can even be looked at as a rape culture. Yeah. And so we need to also include, while we're at this, a really strong respect to do the and, and, and a determination to do the kind of communication that leads to good, solid consent and the notion that, it, in fact, it's okay to interrupt things if things aren't working. That's, That's part right. of consent, too. And say, no, you're not supposed to sit there and just put up with it or pretend you're turn on or no. wait you... for him to come no. while he's trying to prove that he can last for a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> Boy, does that not work. And, uh, Is it over uh, yet? I hope he's almost finished. No, no. You have to speak up. If it's not working for you in that moment, then you have to reconnect and renegotiate, and that's okay. That's the thing about rape culture is that it taught us for sex that once you say yes at the very beginning of this sexual experience, if you're in pain, women are just supposed to swallow their pain. Okay, the sex is hurting. Your vagina is raw or something, and they're not touching your nipples or whatever's wrong. And you're supposed to just endure it until this man has an orgasm? No! That's not what consent is. You just, you're like, hey, you know, I will, you know, I, I, I oftentimes will graciously offer to give my partner a hand job, but I'm sorry, the vagina has has closed. <laughs> the vagina is now going to be in recovery state and whatever I'm going to do to take care of myself, I will be right back and then we can continue with your pleasure so that you feel loved and respected. But it is not my job to make you come. It's not your responsibility. You come and that's you and your nervous system and your ability to orgasm and I come and that's my nervous system and my ability to orgasm and I have been training myself to be able to have an orgasm during penetration and it is not automatic. No, you have to play with your own clitoris. You really do. Everybody has their thing, right? Totally. And you shouldn't feel that you need to, like you said, suck it up and just let the other one win. Do not lay back and it, think of England. Close your eyes. What is that? Isn't that what uh, Queen Elizabeth told her daughters? Close your eyes and do think of England. Do not. Victoria. Do that. Uh, Queen Victoria no. said, lay back and think and of it's England. That's not a good strategy. <laughs> it is for a guy if you don't want to come too quick. No, you got to think about the queen. There are other kinds of masturbatory practices where you don't have to be thinking about dead puppies in the rain just to not have an orgasm. Oh, now you just hurt me. (laughs) I was a joke. Sorry, Paul. I was trying to bad imagery. Sorry, I was just trying to be. (laughs) 
comedian. I'm not very good at it. But anyway, so like you can, oh, I don't know. Um, do you guys probably know, like squeezing your scrotum in a particular place will Uh-oh. help you have an orgasm. And that riding the wave <laughs> thing where you're like building up the sensation, getting almost to orgasm, not going over the precipice of climax, and then The go, point going of no back. return? Yeah, riding the wave, the edging. Taoist practice, the edging practice that Susan Bratton was talking about last time. The going up towards climax, but then not going over, and then letting yourself cool back down, taking a couple deep breaths, and then starting again. That is a much better way of delaying orgasm than thinking about your mother while masturbating. Oh, jeez, well, thanks. Beyond, beyond uh, let's go back to the puppies in the rain. <laughs> you have the puppies in the rain better? Awesome. Okay, this goes good. beyond sorry, a what? purpose of delaying orgasm. There's a phenomenon. In Tantra, we call it valley orgasms. And it's an orgasm that doesn't bring things to an end. It just keeps going. Curiously, this is going to sound really weird, but one way that sex and spirituality are very connected is that men can learn, if they work at it, to have orgasms without ejaculating. And it takes time and patience and your right pressure on usually the, the perineum at the right time in the right way. So you have to practice when you're masturbating. But when you learn that, something else happens. There's famous cases of people who felt like the light of Christ was flowing through them when they moved into this state of being able to, because men become multiply orgasmic. They can have one. Yeah, men can become multiply orgasmic too. And I think that's one of those huge things that people just aren't educated about. Like most people don't know that women can ejaculate and then men can be multiply orgasmic. Mm-hmm. Right, I had a right. lover that was, was able to, and he we would have so much fun. It wasn't like over after half an hour. It was like, okay, let's do some more. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and Is that I, our mutual lover, Kathy? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh, I thought so. <laughs> Aw, you guys have a mutual lover. Do I, do we... Awesome! Yeah. <laughs> okay, just checking. I'm on the same page. Woo! Okay, so that is so fun. And yeah, just thinking about like just what's possible with education. And I really think that that's what the frontier of sex educators can bring to the world. And the trouble is that there's so much shame in our society around sex that having sex education as your profession is dangerous. And are you at all willing to talk about the ways it has negatively affected your career? Because I can say that I was fired from a radio station for talking about sex. Yeah, it's definitely impacted my career recently. And I don't really want to go into detail because we're still solving things. But talking about it, I think people assume, one, as Paul was saying before, you were saying before, people assume if you're speaking about sex, you're available for sex for anyone. So ridiculous. And that if, if you're, I'm an engineer as well, so if you're if you're talking about sex even outside of the workplace, that you must be deviant or like dangerous somehow. Right. And it really, it's such a shame because we're taught to be ashamed about sex and we can't talk about it. And our primitive brain just sees that reinforced over and over again, that mm-hmm. it's dangerous to go there. And yet we're somehow supposed to be good at it and supposed to be able to connect. Right, and we're ashamed if we're not good at it or we feel insecure about it. So there's this whole loop where we can't 
you know, there's, there's a trap. Right. And until we start breaking out and I really admire like these kinds of shows, Dossie speaking out where people can talk about it. Well, Dossie has been doing sex education for just a super long time. And I know that the world was completely different when you decided to really drop out and tune in. And what was your experience like, Dossie? I got fired from a job too. It was just a temporary office job, but what happened is the other women who worked there were just so excited to have a chance to talk about sex. So mm-hmm. in the break room and in the lunchroom, we were always right. talking about sex. And it drove everybody else crazy. And so oh. I was only 18 then. But I basically lived very poor for the first quite some years of my life. Right. And I was yeah, tremendously delayed, especially in getting my professional license yeah. and getting graduate school happening because the society was so unwelcoming. Yeah. And I was um, not really willing to live in the closet, so I took another path and bought all my clothes at the Goodwill, you know? Right. No, I know. I'm I'm also Goodwill clad right now. Yeah, Hi. that's how Goodwill I, that's sister. Wonderful yeah. stuff to do. I know. And uh, ecologically sound and all that. Recycling. Precisely. And basically, I sacrificed the possibility of a day job until yeah. I got so far along that I managed to get my get, go to graduate school because some people I knew were actually running the graduate program <laughs> and get my license, get the supervision I needed and all that and the training I needed really to be a therapist. Right. And, and then we started writing books. It was a big deal to put my real name on them. Right. But I realized I'm not a super good therapist for super straight people, you know. You're willing to claim that? A long time ago. Right. I'm just thinking about the ways that we either surrender or do not claim our dominant culture power because we're passionate about sex education and that kind of Mm -hmm. the culture puts us in this double bind, right? I'm also having challenges right now, having a very, I'm trying to promote my sexploration dinner in a cathedral on my personal web presence which, which is, is amazing that dinner inc- sounds so fabulous well mm-hmm. it includes my facebook page and of course so corporate in new york city got calls that monica thomas but just that i was posting about this sexy dinner in the erotic church and that there was bondage oh, and multiple pearls were clutched to be honest, I sell houses to my friends and I'm going to have a bunch of clients that are at the dinner. It's absolutely part of my life. I mean, you can't be a super compartmentalized person with your business and your pleasure because it doesn't work. And because mm-hmm. if I were to hide this exploration dinner in my closet, no one would buy a ticket. (laughs) It's it's a lot to rent a cathedral, to be honest. And it's going to be lovely. And it's only $69 for the early bird ticket. Hey. (laughs) Gee, how did you pick that number? I know. So much thought and joy went into it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most, it's one of my favorite sexual positions, actually, because you're both giving and getting. And it's such a nice warm up. Because I'm into penis, vagina, pair-bonded, heteronormative sex. I like the missionary position. But if you start with 69, you're both warming up each other's genitals. You're, like, really connecting with each other. Like, it's really super intimate. And you can both do each other at the same time in that 6-9 position. And, of course, it's also less than 79. And so it made a perfect early bird sexplorationdinner.com price. Thank you for noticing. 
And the more we talk about sex, the more empowered we become. Haven't you noticed that, Dossie? Yes, but I think we also have work to do. We've been sort of robbed Amen. of language to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in multisyllabic words in dead languages. That's oh, really yes, exciting. Your pudendum, and, uh, sounds which like means a shame. Mm-hmm. Masturbation. Yeah. And, I know that um, means to disturb genitals with the, your hand because ma is hand and term mm-hmm. is to disturb. Yeah, I know that's what it means, but worst. why do we have to say it in a dead language? You could say self-pleasuring. I think that's nicer. What if we had beautiful language for sex? Yeah, let's think of some words, Dossie. Wouldn't that be nice? Kathy, do you have any beautiful words for uh, sex? I know uh, it's hard. Yeah. They're well, just not out there. I, yeah, I barely between can... dirty words and euphemisms. Yes. Right. And it's hardly acceptable to talk about sex in the first place. Yes. Yeah. We should make some beautiful words up. Yeah, when adult, I, I was 44 and I was still saying down there. Right. And it was like, someone was like, called me on it. Like, you're an adult. You can use those words. And it was really hard to get them out. Mm-hmm. Even the old dead language words. Oh, yeah. And, Even like mm-hmm. pudendum and vulva and yeah, vagina. Yeah, like stuttering. Which means sheath. It's interesting that the vagina can't be its own thing. Well, pudendum actually means... Shame. Comes from a root that means that of which one ought to be ashamed. Yeah, it Not means a, shame. Yeah, that's a really nasty word. Your um, big pile of shame there, down there. Yeah, yeah down there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst. It's on Ken and it's on Barbie, right? Like, so both Barbie and Ken have a pudendum. It's like, do they have? They, they're making them with genitals now. Oh no, I just mean no. the pelvic mound is the pudendum. That's how I learned pudendum, pelvic mound. Now, there's a lovely sound for you. I met a group singing in close harmony a song that went, Amazing taste, how sweet the mound. That saved a wretch like me. That's Amen. wonderful. We're gonna. I'm gonna find that song and we're gonna play it on an episode of Sex Exploration. It's, it's a, an acapella group called Rich. I don't know if they're still doing it. It was quite a while ago that I heard them perform. They were amazing. Ooh, awesome! I will definitely explore that because I'm gonna be actually talking to Janet Hardy, so I'll try to find it. Acapella group too, because I think there's something about really going back to the roots of something, the center, the most essential part of it. And, you know, acapella and the human voice and creating music mm-hmm. and harmony together. And that's why music and church have been so connected because that is our way of making harmony with our bodies mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. celebrating God and connection because we can harmonize together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both use our bodies in pleasurable ways. Hey. Yeah. I think it's important to use our bodies in pleasurable ways and not just in sex, but just to hug and cuddle. I mean, Kathy was talking about the cuddle parties, how she started her journey in the intimacy dojo, starting with cuddle party was like kind of your gateway. It was. And it was, it was so powerful for me. I went to my first one, like, this is either cute or creepy. And halfway through, I'm like, I'm going to become a certified I think everybody should take one, at least one, because right. we never teach Just, people. I wasn't able to cuddle with my mom yeah. because she, I don't know what happened for her precisely because I never really talked to her about it, but 
I was needing comfort and she was staying with me and I have a tiny house. And so I was like, well, my mom can sleep on the floor or in my bed. (laughs) So, you know, my mom and I, and then I was going through something. I can't remember what I, maybe my car was towed, something like that. And then I like wanted to like lean my head on her shoulder and she was like, you're touching me. Oh. Right? And I was like, I know, I'm doing a move. You know, and but that we have this thing like, oh, I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. I don't want to sexualize anyone. I don't want to give you, I don't want to make this not safe for you. So I'm not, and, you know, of course my mom is like in a position of power. She's my mom. You know, she doesn't want to, and she's probably also way freaked out about her sexuality and Mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. just didn't feel safe to her to cuddle me after a certain age right i think people are scared of touch and yet humans have something called skin hunger we need to be touched to be healthy and happy let's talk about skin hunger what's that They've done studies, like orphans that were in in Russia, where they were and just in the cribs. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't even touch them at they all. They don't touch them just to change their diaper or feed them. They, right. they die. Right. And humans really do. It's it's one of those needs. They need the oxytocin. Yeah. And that the, the articles that I've read said it was about three days. If a human isn't getting touched after three days, like if we, if we don't have water for 48 hours, we die. If we don't get food for three weeks, we die. If we don't get touched, we can still live as adults. But we start getting irritable and we feel less cranky. Yeah. (laughs) So humans do. That's one reason I love doing cuddle parties is because I have people coming in that are terrified of touch, terrified of actually being present with other people. And when they see the safe container and that we're really standing for people to get to say no and they don't have to do it, maybe they start withholding someone's hand or rubbing someone's shoulder and you can just see their whole body relax. And people leave all the time. They're just glowing. Oh, absolutely. Even with the oral sex grad school class that we just did at the Intimacy Dojo with Kathy and read me how go of readaboutsex.com. We just filleted some oranges, but we were and all raspberries. Blind. Don't forget and the raspberries, the raspberries <laughs> yes. and the bananas. We put a, a condom on a banana and it was demonstrated how to deep throat. It was on a, a banana. There was nothing people. Yeah. You're just deep throating a banana. People which get to ask a lot of really cool questions. Yeah, and... but you also get to do these things in front of other people. And that was my edge was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be sticking my face into an orange in a sexy way in front of other people. <laughs> I yeah. was mortified. But I was like, okay, this is a learning edge. You you need to get over this. Well, home. I think it breaks down a lot of shame because we're all sitting in a circle, all doing oh, this like thing. A family dinner. It was cute. It was, really it was the cutest. <laughs> <laughs> also, like really articulating. This is a good feeling. Like when you put your entire tongue over the vulva. And the like, flat of your tongue against yeah, the... Yeah, against the clitoris and then a bunch of the other labia minora majora. Like just flatten your tongue on the vulva. And then it really slowly. Like just your tongue really slowly. You look like you got your tongue stuck on a frozen pole somewhere. It was... Luckily, not that painful, because <laughs> I've done that as a kid. I was all like, oh, oh it's that. sparkly. Well, I was raised in Alaska, and it was beautiful, oh. and no one was like, hey, by the way, don't that's do bad that. for you. It's not how to stretch your tongue It longer. was sparkly. I'm like, yeah, hey, and I'm, 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 I'm stuck. <laughs> Help! You do 
so sexy. Help. <laughs> oh, it's because I'm so sexy. <laughs> all, the, all the oranges go. Hi, pale. baby. They, they're in pale every time the oranges oh, go. You know, they. It, I said it was a super delicious orange. You, like, have your way with your orange, and then you get to eat it? Yum. <laughs> and I think, okay, that's actually another kinky practice. Splooshing. Splunking? It's like splooshing. I think it's splooshing. It's or... splooshing. If you mean getting messy with, flu- with yeah. fruit, yeah. I had a roommate who had an intense love affair with papayas because oh. they're, if you get them to the right stage of ripeness, and this kind of fun, you get to flirt with your fruit because you have to get it just right where it's not too too messy, not not too not too. Totally, you, know, you have to wait. Have dissolved. It's got to be right. Yeah. But papayas have all those smell it inside every day. So they have their own sort of ball bearings that rub on your skin. Oh, oh because seeds. the seeds. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this is this works I, better. I would have took the seeds out, silly okay. me. Wait a minute. So oh, I'm like, wait, we have to figure out. This writing down the sure. recipe. Oh, no, I'm writing down the recipe. I'm okay, drawing. So I'm painting a picture. A pap- well, because I eat papaya every day because it's got papayas in it and it's good for your <laughs> digesting of protein. So it's a good thing to have first thing in the morning. Of course. Um, it's also delicious and good for you. But anyway, so she had a love affair with papaya in particular, where she would use the seeds as he. ball bearing. He. he. Okay, tell us more. Well, because if you get it to the right texture, you can put your penis in if you have one. Oh, right. Uh, and then all the little seeds inside, they're quite round, so they don't have any sharp edges. That's oh. And then they wind up rubbing all over your skin and making sensations. Awesome. Oh, I love humans. <laughs> they're so beautiful. And they're so diverse, right? They just have these I- creative ideas. And they're like, I am going to put my wiener, my sacred phallus, into the reproductive organ of this plant. I have no, s- other, no other being on this planet would ever <laughs> utter that thought whatsoever. Well, that's true, but that's because we're fairly advanced. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm imagining I mean, we don't advanced. even. I mean, there's not a lot of whales actually. I mean, I think they do communicate. They do talk, but they're not uttering words like phallus. We don't know. We don't know. I also imagine we don't some know. Teenage... Dolphins get pretty sexy. Yeah, that's true. Sexy. But probably with some teenage boy going, "There's papaya. I have a heart on. What should I do with this?" <laughs> yeah, because it used to be the the old saying was get a melon. It was yeah. a melon. It was like a watermelon or whatever. Kind oh, of really? melon, like a yeah, it was like a cantaloupe or a honeydew. I guess I would want to do honey my honey. Do. I want to do my honey, so <laughs> it would be a honeydew. What does that kind of weigh a lot? Is that like a way of building up your biceps or oh. something at the same oh, time? Oh yeah, hey, you're working out and you're working out. And then they say, don't use it right out of the refrigerator. Cold. Oh, oh yeah, cold. unless you're into sensation play, right? No, out of the refrigerator is actually good for things that you're going to put inside your body. Because oh, because they stay intact. No, no, no. Cool things. You want to put a condom on? I I have a vagina, so I know this from vagina point of view, and from but I also have an anus, so I know it from both points of view. That when you put a cool thing in, your body registers. It seems to have some nerves that register the presence of the thing better than if it's warm. Oh. If it's oh, the same temperature sense. in your body, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that contrast. Right. So there's lots of people who put their sex toys in the refrigerator. Not yeah. in the freezer. No, that's true. And, not if you're gonna and to be honest, I have the most wonderful sex toy I've ever owned is a dildo warmer for my silicone dildo. Oh. 
so. and it just makes it slightly warmer than body temperature, and it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just feel like relaxing right now. And it feels really lovely and pleasurable and noticeable. Like, it really, like, you can tell the difference. But it's just like a nice little dildo warmer. A cozy. Oh, it's like a, yes, it's a dildo cozy. And it's so, it's called it's warm. It's like a dildo cozy. It's called warm, and you, like, plug it in. And it does take 45 minutes to warm up your dildo. So you can, like, do other things. You can get yourself It's okay. Ready. It takes 45 minutes to warm Everybody. up the real one anyway, so... <laughs> Well, it does actually take time to get ourselves really into our bodies, Paul. I know. I'm sorry. And especially when you're with a partner, you have to create the sacred space Uh, of sexuality and like really connect with each other and decide what you're doing and make a plan and take off your clothes and maybe take a shower, wear sexy underwear. I mean, you have to like make it even when you're just self-pleasuring. You have to make it special. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, are there some radical ecstasy self-pleasuring practices that people can try, Dossie? Well, basically, if you look up, there's a marvelous book called Urban Tantra that has some sort of how-to stuff about From this. From Barbara Corrales. But if you include in your masturbatory practice a kind of breathing that's called the undulation or the wave, Ooh. where you actually move your hips. Mm-hmm. And you move your hips as if you were fucking. Mm-hmm. When I like demo this, when I teach chakras. it in, in my workshops, people mm-hmm. say, there's Dossie fucking the invisible man. If you breathe in and arch your back at the same time, you'll fill your lungs very deeply. And your pelvis will tilt. And your head will come up. And when you breathe out, you kind of curl up. And your pelvis comes forward. Can you feel that? Oh, yeah, we're uh-huh. all doing it yeah. in the studio. We're all just undulating. The shocks for opening breath involves doing that kind of undulating breathing where you're arching in and curling out, arching in and curling out. And then you can make a noise with it like, huh, 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 huh. huh. And then oh, yeah. if you well, want you to, you can like, speed, speed it up. up. Yep. <laughs> it's really good. And um, as you're doing that, if you can start to use any visualization you like, any imagining that you like, the turn up. to feel the, the turn up. Oh. in your body. <laughs> Got it. That was actually a metaphor. And feel the first build it up in the crotch, in the pelvic area, mm-hmm. make it nice and hot there, and then imagine pulling it up through your belly, through your solar plexus. These are the chakras. Through your heart, take some time and let it get really, really active in your heart so that you feel all full of love even for yourself. Yeah! Up in your throat is where you start to make noise. Mm. Ha! Like that, right? All those good noises. Yeah, really getting into it. You sing out your truth. Up into your brain. Yeah, your truth. Amen! into your third eye where you can see all your fantasies. And the moon is shining on you and she loves you. You know, the whole deal. And finally, at the top of your head, you get, the next thing you know, you're kind of thrashing. Yeah. And it's really good. I recommend it very highly. Hmm. So it's kind of like a meditation practice that has the elements of Tantra but that is not in any way slow that would put you to sleep. We kind of think of Tantra as being like so safe and like you're just gazing. You know, you're well, just you think really... of meditation. We're stepping along the path one stone at a time. I yeah. was kind of confused because I thought of meditation as holding still for a long time, mm-hmm. but we don't hold still at all. Right. We rock a lot and make a lot of movements and make a lot of the breathing is very active. The pelvic tilts are very active. 
the whole thing is very active and we dance sexy dancing that's one of the ways that i think that we can really get into our bodies like, yeah what if we had a little dance break before sex mm -hmm. like, that would mm -hmm. be nice or oh my god dance break after sex Oh. That's kind of hard to do like when I'm sleeping. Standing up cuddle. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Paul. <laughs> but you can always wake up after your oh, little nap. Oh, my God. Yeah, my little napper. <laughs> Especially when we get to the place of a sex marathon. You know, when you like have sex more than one time. When Jerry Lewis day. goes, let's go to the tote board and see how much we've raised. No, that, not, kind of that marathon. <laughs> not that kind of marathon. All right, hold on. But you know, really take time out of our busy day and schedule and really make time to connect with our body and our partner. It's special because not just a hookup. You have to when at you least. Go, you go deep. The more time you give it, the deeper and further you can go. Amen. I used to live, well, I still do live in the mountains, but I used to live further away in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I had a, a lover that would come visit me, and we had an incredible sexual, we, we, we played for like 11 years, we had an incredible SM sexual connection that worked really, really well, but it would start with soaking in the bathtub, well, actually it started before that, because I heated that house with wood. So the first thing I had to do was go split a whole bunch of kindling so we could keep the fire going. Oh, wow. how romantic. <laughs> so big exercise, you know, out in the woods. Yeah, you're getting sweaty and, and manly. I got really good with an axe. Too. Yeah. Babe. And then <laughs> soaking in the bathtub yeah. and putting on lingerie yeah. and organizing. We would play for six or eight hours. We had to, I had to put out a uh, put out a sort of buffet table of food. <gasps> yeah, because that so way that we you would be going, nourished. You know? Yeah. And also, yeah, because otherwise you're just in you there, have to stop. In the woods, you can't order pizza. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could, but it interrupts things. You know? Totally. You have to put on clothes so you can see another human. Unless it's that kind of, no. That's not that kind of pizza delivery. <laughs> no, it's not kind of pizza porn movie. No. I never hear this in couples' manuals. I mean, I do hear about, like, the romantic getaway, right? But that's all you hear about. I mean, yeah, okay, cabin in the woods, but like you don't really say, okay, you know, make a buffet for yourself. Make sure you have lots of snacks, you know. Make sure you stretch. <laughs> you well, don't want to hurt anything. There right? are some really good yoga practice, like Better Sex Through Yoga is a book, and you can get more stretchy and, well, you strength, <laughs> flexibility, and... Stretchy Balance. was good. Yeah, no, it's really good for you. And it's also a way to get into your body. Like some people do yoga before they have sex. Mm -hmm. And even Actually, in Tantra, you would breathe together. And if you sit in what's called yabyum, mm -hmm. then one person is sitting on the other person's lap with their legs wrapped around them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt. You're sitting on the person's feet, but it's quite comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then you start undulating, right? Mm. And you start that pelvic movement, mm -hmm. and you're dry humping, basically. Mm -hmm. And then as you work, you can feel the chakras across between you, right? And you can make eye contact while doing this? Yep. Or? Well, you also are contacting your heart. is opposite their heart. You can feel Aww. the energy flowing, and you can build up a lot of steam. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, girlfriend. You do a role play so that I would get my tantra. And she would get her evil. She would she would role play the corrupt guru. Oh right! <laughs> oh, that's cute. And I would be the innocent devotee. Oh, I'm so naive. I don't even know what sex is. 
So we got evil and spirituality in the same book, you know. And I think that's part of the polarity and the spice that BDSM brings to it. I know a, a lot of times that we're playing in what seems like darkness, but the reason that people take roles in BDSM, I'm the dominatrix and you're the submissive, or I'm the pirate and you're the mermaid, or I'm the pirate and you're the virgin that I stole from her father in Arabia. Or... The kidnapped princess. Exactly. Kidnapped That's princess. not specific at all. <laughs> it's a romance novel that I read when I was very impressionable, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's rippers. like, That's why they it was so hot, right? And she's like, I'm so pure. And he's like, I'm so manly. And you're like, oh, <laughs> flattering, because you've never seen the word turgid, masculine, <laughs> pulsing. Ere- pulsing erection was like, oh my God, she's talking about a genital. My mind was blown because romance novels, they, no one talks about sex. I just, I didn't get the birds and the bees. They just gave me a library card. They right? just gave you Danielle Steele and away you no, were going. No. no, they just gave me a library card. I had uh, to go check out the right books. Like Danielle Steele yourself. <laughs> you had to go get acquainted with Dewey Decimal before anything else? I, I did. Okay. I did. And I went sometimes the wrong direction. And sometimes <laughs> I, I also read Stephen King's It when I was way too young. <laughs> so, you have to be careful about books. There's a lot of bad books about sex out there. Yeah. And, and if you see something that doesn't fit your experience, know that. I once, long time ago, many years ago, when I was about 19, I read a book called Sexual Surrender in Women, which I thought would be hot, but it wasn't. It was some psychiatrist, theoretically, who was talking about various patients. And this one this one had the illness called masturbation. Oh. And that one was narcissistic. And they all got by getting married. Oh, oh, that um, seems terrible. Well, a couple of years after I read that, I was sitting around with a bunch of my friends who were professional writers, mostly science fiction writers, and suddenly this guy says, well, I wrote this book called Sexual Surrender in Women, and um, I asked Dr. Benjamin Morse, and I even got invited to speak in universities, and they were all agog, well, did you go? And I'm, I'm really good. I didn't throw my coffee cup at him. Oh, good. You I, are I so virtue, kind. You know? And I finally said, Tom, I know you. And I know you don't believe what you wrote in that book. And he said, oh, well, you got to tell them what they want to hear. <gasps> no. Oh, no, 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 you don't. Uh, right, exactly. you got to tell but them the that's, truth. That's been my, my caveat emptor about books ever since. Yes. <laughs> wow, yeah. As sex educators, especially in this field where there is so much darkness, I think that we really need to be in our integrity and tell the truth Mm -hmm. as much as we can. Definitely into the light, into the light. (laughs) Into the cathedral lights, through the stained glass windows and your event that's coming. When is that event? Oh, it is November 23rd and you can get tickets at sexplorationdinner.com. It's going to be a fabulous five-course dinner with bondage and other artistic performances. And we're going to have some sacred sex themes. And, of course, all the different courses are delicious and sensational. There's going to be figure drawing, a fine cheese platter, and truffle honey. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Wow. Wow. I so look forward to that. So, again, that's November... 23rd. There we go. And at the hashtag erotic church, it's 906 Broadway, and it's such a beautiful venue. It's like 1907 Stone Cathedral. It's just stained glass windows, fully restored, epic, epic, epic. And 
sacred but sexy. <laughs> Yay. I so look forward to that on November 23rd. Just like I look forward to every Sunday here, my neighbor, uh, Mike Spiegelman with Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie. Hey, Mike, what do you got going on on today's show? Well, if you stick around and you're listening live, check out the show coming up next. Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We're watching the 1970s family film called Throw Out the Anchor. This uh, lawyer decides to move to Florida and help the environment. It's a family film, and it's not good. <laughs> there you go. And so lots of funny things to make fun of. Yeah. And uh, you would watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, look for our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Thanks, Paul. Back. Ah. Uh. So I'm I still like I'm still arching my back and breathing. I know, I know. Doesn't it feel so good? You and go. you're like connected to your body more. That's sacred and sexy. Hey, Dossie, I want to hear about what you're cooking. Well, right now, what I'm cooking is is sexy in a different way. I've spent the past two years, three years really now, putting together a series of classes called Navigating Consent and putting together oh, a that is team so to sexy. teach them. <laughs> So, so we are offering classes. There's two series of six classes. One is called about surviving and one is called about transgressing. Mm-hmm. So we are putting people in, doing that kind of separation in the classes. So it's kind of the same set of information, but it is adapted for each of these populations. If I have a history of crossing boundaries or people have told me that I've crossed boundaries, I want to learn a different way, a better way to be in the world. This is this would be your cup of tea. Oh, you it was mean... my goal to establish a resource in the middle ground somewhere between, because it seems like we've got no middle ground. The current, yeah. I, I believe in calling out, I believe in, like, let's get open about sexual transgression, sexual violence, sexual assault. Totally. Uh, and you're talking about restorative and... justice right now, yeah, is what right. I'm hearing. Yeah, a lot of good stuff from Wow, amen. Not only so not just crossing justice, boundaries but... like Teehee crossing boundaries, but like people who have literally been the transgressors in a crime. Yeah. Or, yeah. right. Or, or wow. you know, some of the things are, are more criminal than others. Some people's seduction techniques, for instance, might not get them in jail, but are still overwhelmingly pushy, you know, mm. or, or no, not totally. really consensual. And if that's the only way they know how to connect to another person, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we've been offering these classes. I call ways. it a resource halfway between don't listen to that silly girl and throw that bum off the edge of the planet. Um, right. Yes, there has to be middle ground. Yeah, so we need we need lots of resources in the middle ground. And you know what? They're renaming, for our purposes, I love this, transformative, uh, restorative justice in our world is now transformative justice. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Because we're not going to restore them to what? The sex negative culture? Not something new. <laughs> oh. Uh huh. Okay. Good, we're going to good word. We're going good to word create team. a sex positive right, culture. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Great. And a culture of consent. Yeah. The classes have been very well received. People have described them as transformative. And I have an active teaching team, which just amazes me. I've got a great teaching team, and it's happening. And you can find them at it's the ethical slut classes in small letters with hyphens in between dot com slash navigating consent. They seem to think I'm going to write more classes. However, I have to admit this was a whole lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like such a great and needed and a highly I mean, okay, we have a rapist in chief right now, so we really need to start addressing this 
rape culture and transforming it into yeah. consent culture right now. What we're seeing with Kavanaugh, with Trump, with all these people... In the dominant culture paradigm, transgressing. They can be accused of rape, and publicly still, accused of rape, yeah. and still get elected. Tragic. What the... What the hell? Me. I know. What the devil but, happened um, six really? the, Yeah. No, I... Uh, I feel you. You know I feel you. <laughs> Amen! Well, thank you, Dossie. That sounds very, very exciting. And I will post a link to, what was it, Ethical Slut? The Ethical Slut Classes. The with Ethical hyphens. Slut Classes. In between all the words. Dot com. Okay. Cool. Dot com slash navigating consent. We are in the middle of a series right now, but people, the, the classes, each of them is kind of freestanding, so people can join at any time. We do ask them to choose a track. If they want to take all the classes, we ask them to maybe take about transgressing first and then take about surviving. But we run them every other week. So we have partners, for instance, where there has been a, a difficulty with boundaries. One could be taking the surviving class and one could be taking the transgressing class. Cool. That's really powerful. Yeah. And Kathy, how about you? What's going on at the Intimacy Dojo? We have some events at the end of November, November 30th and December 1st. Reed Mahalko is coming back in town. and it'll be So if you want to find out more about those. He's so great. He is. Read about hearts. sex. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's a good one. If you want to find out about those events in San Jose, it's theintimacydojo.com forward slash events. Nice. And yeah, we have a lot of fun. I love the group that shows up. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the, the oral sex grad school class was so fun. And even as a, I don't know if I'm jaded as a sex educator, but I'm certainly very experienced. It was so edgy for me to, like, do it in front of other people that I didn't even know. And so, yeah, it was just super fun. And there were carrots. We yep. didn't get to the carrots, nope. but, you know, that was cool. <laughs> the, the carrots felt Ran all left out. Yeah, they cried for a while. But... Oh. <laughs> they recovered. They're fine. They're fine. We had a moment of silence before we actually ate the carrots. There, there we there. go. Yeah, right. And remember, if you're ever going to put anything in your genitals, we did talk about fruit play earlier. You want to make sure that there's a condom on the fruit. Yes. And that way it also gives you something to hang on to. So if you do insert it anally, which there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that you just want to make sure there's something to hang on you to got so a report. Later. well the thing is is it your your butthole is naturally succative and it will actually <laughs> suck things up into your rectum which does not end your rectum is pretty much infinite for medical purposes and that's why so many people have to go to the hospital to get something taken out of their butt. <laughs> and there's so many things. And actually, there's a PSA by the wet spots that's like all the things that you don't want to put in your butt. Just make sure it has a flange or put a condom on it just to make sure that you get a firm grip on it, no matter how good it feels. <laughs> that's our disclaimer. I, I, apparently, we've had a couple of mishaps, so we have to really say many that. Many mishaps we have, have to, happened. We have to say that. It's all fun and games until you have to go to the doctor to get that removed. <laughs> that's right. So, thank you. Monica for sharing again Always Kathy pleasure, with the great. Intimacy Dojo and Dossie the Ethical Slut I want to go to some of these classes and some of these events so you I look should. forward to oh, you and she's in San Jose so it's an easy drive for you well there you go hi hi 
Get your raspberries ready. Put your carrots on the board. Here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thank you, Dossie, for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. I just wanted. I just remembered that I hadn't said the name of my website. Oh, you should. In a while, so. You should say it all the safer sex education that you can stuff in your ears. <laughs> there you go. Explorationwithmonica.com. There you go. Thank you, guys. I love you too, Monica. It's all consensual. The edge of insanity. Sexploration with Monica. Connect with me at Sexploration on Twitter. Sexploration with M-O-N-I-K-A on Facebook. And for tickets to hashtag erotic church, visit sexplorationdinner.com.